0: Welcome to Blub Talks, a video podcast dedicated to introducing experts in the fields of speech therapy, education, families, and more to our community of parents, speech therapists, partners, and our wider audience. Hi everybody, I'm Robert McKenzie, in-house teaching sensei, writer, and resident musician at Speech Blubs. And today I'm so pleased to introduce you to Susanna Chambers, a certified Agile coach, A family coach, and Harvard X certified in family engagement and education. So uh, hi, Susanna, how are you? Hi, Robert,
1: I'm really well, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's good to have you here. You're our first in a series of new podcasts, and we're very excited to speak with you. Okay, let's get started. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your initiative uh, about family learning?
1: sure so i am in my 40s i've got three children aged 16 13 and 10 who are the absolute lights of my life they are my motivation for everything i do in my career as well and i am so hugely passionate about family learning because it was an area that i got into earlier in my career in adult education and it was remarkable to see the positive impact and the outcomes that it had for families that accessed classes in family learning. So my mission is to bring family learning to every family worldwide that wants to access it.
0: Excellent. Now, let's let's just be clear a little bit, because for our American audience, um, family learning isn't something that is widely known. It's not homeschooling. It's not distance learning. Can you give us a little bit of contrast between those things?
1: Absolutely. And just to say it's very understandable. There is some confusion around this because there are some overlaps with other areas. So family learning is defined as any activity where there are learning outcomes for adults and children. So this may be parents or carers with their children learning at the same time, so as I refer to it synchronously, or it might be parents, for example, learning about the techniques that their teachers in an early year setting are using to teach their children uh, letter formation or speech sounds or things around personal, emotional, behavioural patterns. Um, And that might be done without the child there. So that's what I would refer to as asynchronously. Uh, And just to explain, you know, again, family learning quite easily can be distance learning. It can be e learning, as as has been demonstrated during the pandemic, where some of that provision luckily has managed to be converted to online. Uh, But there is a common misconception that family learning is the same as homeschooling, which it is not. However... Homeschooling is absolutely supported by great family learning and of course the research evidence shows that the home learning environment, which again I use that very pointedly is distinct from homeschooling, the home learning environment, so as in the environment in which young children from birth are experiencing how they interact with the world, that again is absolutely nurtured and developed through family learning approaches.
0: Can I ask you um, how you got started on the Family Learning Initiative? What what motivated you to delve into it, do some research, and then become eventually lead in the UK or in England and Wales, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I started working in adult education in the early 2000s, which uh, really suited my personality very well. I find I'm very highly rewarded by seeing people. Uh, filled with joy and able to make the most of their lives, so adult education fit very well with me in that regard. But what happened was, I experienced a very strange and bizarre emotion when I was working in the uh, in the further education colleges. I discovered, as I was going into the office, that I was developing envy of some of my colleagues' learning resources. <laughs> so I was seeing these beautiful colourful folders and worksheets and all sorts of lovely, lovely things on their shelves. And frankly, Robert, I was quite jealous. I thought, (laughs) well, I want some of those little (laughs) things Why is all our stuff really boring? So that's initially what attracted me to it. And then inevitably as a mother as well, Mm -hmm. I, uh, as I then got into a role as a family learning manager working in over a hundred schools over a nine year period in a council, I, of course, really was connecting with those learning opportunities as a mom, thinking about my own children and, you know, what I found worked and what didn't work in terms of supporting my own children. And uh, it's particularly worth mentioning that my eldest, uh, my eldest child, who is now 16, he uh, wore hearing aids for five years. So uh, it was picked up at the age of four um, and very, very fortunately, his speech was not delayed, you know, he was reading fine. And one of the things that the uh, audiologists in the hospital put that down to was the very strong foundations of communication that we'd established in the home learning environment through a family learning approach with eye contact and interactions, um, so yeah, um, that that's how I how I got into the wonderful world of family learning.
0: Excellent. Now you mentioned your three wonderful children and the fact that uh, we are still in the midst of the pandemic and here in where we are we're in our third lockdown um, yeah. so my kids are at home. let me ask you this how does has family learning uh, and its approaches affected your, children's distance learning since they
1: Okay, Okay, I'm trying to find a way to say this without sounding braggy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. Bragging is okay.
1: <laughs> but but it, but given that you've invited me on to hopefully help other families, yes. but, you know, let's face it. I mean, if nothing else, you know, the pandemic has really revealed to us that, you know, resilient though many families may be, in the face of global pandemics, you know, we're all impacted, right? Into in one way or another when, when something happens on the scale. So I honestly can say two things. Number one is that all three of my children, contrary to the messaging through the media around falling behind and what have you, they have excelled during the pandemic. They have, um, don't get me wrong, they've needed reminding. They've needed reminding about uh, engaging with the distance <laughs> learning. I would have <laughs> Particularly in the early stages, in the first lockdown, where the schools had not yet coordinated and they didn't have that online online provision established. Um, But they really, uh, from day one, you know, A, they knew it was expected that they would engage with learning of some description. B, they were doing that in the context of knowing fine well that I, as their mum, for example, would be challenging the schools to say, OK, you've set some work. And they will probably do that work, but there may be days when they don't do the work that you set because they might be interested in pursuing other learning opportunities. Mm-hmm. Very and I strongly believe that that firm but, firm, but polite and positive dialogue with the schools is actually really important and very motivating for children, that it's not a command and control, thou shalt, you know, you shall do this, 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 tick, tick for somebody else to tick a box. But actually, it's the joy of learning. So that, again, I think was a really important factor through the family learning approach that helped them excel uh, during the school closures. Uh, And thirdly, again, the very practical things around routines and understanding about uh, where, for example, in the house, where in the house was their space going to be?
0: Right.
1: And again, that family learning recognition that for one child, it might be sitting at a desk. For, and, and again, I know we're talking here in the context of early years children. So, for example, I can tell you that if we'd been going through this when my children were toddlers and what have you, I absolutely would have been giving them the freedom to do what they want. were learning Out in the garden, if that's where they felt the most comfortable, you know, sitting on a tricycle, you know, sitting on a beanbag. You know, the the key thing is with family learning is about understanding A, what's being taught, B, how it's being taught, C, having the confidence to negotiate that and D, giving the child uh, license and agency in that power dynamic for how the learning happens. So that, that from my point of view are the four key factors for why my children have actually really excelled in
0: this situation. Speech is one of the main components of a child's development. Without speech, it is so much harder for children to express their needs, feelings, and opinions. The ability to speak also impacts their confidence, ability to connect with others, and success in life. We believe that every parent wants that for their child. Boost your child's ability to speak. Download SpeechBlub's fun and educational speech app used by more than 2 million parents just like you. Well, I think you made that point really well in uh, a blog post or a paper you posted on the family learning website about creating a space for learning. And it didn't have to be a dedicated space. It didn't have to be a dedicated room. Um, because not everybody has the same uh, uh, resources as far as space goes, but it can be, just be uh, putting aside a time that the child understands that that space and that time with, with you as a parent is a learning time. Did, did I paraphrase that okay?
1: Oh, wonderfully, Robert, wonderfully. And, and also um, one of the most underrated bedrocks Of great family learning is that attachment and that bonding and if you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs in terms of you know that sense of safety and security that is absolutely essential in order for all of the other cool stuff to happen right it's exactly the same with early years learning so however many workbooks somebody might try to sit their child down and do in terms of letter formation and don't get me wrong I've done that and I can see the value and there's a time place for that but actually particularly if there are let's say challenges in the background because families are all different right just the starting point of a parent or carer particularly if the child is distressed or frustrated about trying to engage with some learning just physically sitting down with them whether that's on the floor whether that's in you know on the front step whatever sit down with the child hold them you don't need to say anything. You can just sit there. And it is, in my experience with family learning, is it is remarkable when I see parents taking that first step and just sitting in quiet with the child, the rest just flows. because 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 what ends up happening you know for some for some kids it's because they're a bit freaked out because maybe they've not had that experience very much with their parents so they sort of distract and say oh yeah let's do this activity and actually then it's the child leading it or it might be just that moment for the 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 child and the adult to calibrate and settle to get into a frame of mind for learning and then very it's just then a dance between the parent and the child and I'm, and I'm sure there are people listening to this that think oh Susanna for goodness sake you haven't seen my child we we don't do any dancing <laughs> but, but my, my point is I mean you referred to at the start to you being I don't know how you phrased it something sensei and it's it's like the beauty of martial arts right that actually you know what people don't see is the hundreds and hundreds of hours of Effort and patience and dedication to build up that presence.
0: Well, if I can share this with you, and I, I mentioned this once before to you, um, a moment that sort of underscores that was when I was a fifth grade teacher in Hell's Kitchen, New York. And 75 to 80% of my students were from families that were non-native English speakers, recent immigrants and so on. So at the beginning of the year, the very beginning of the year, I to make it a point, to make it important, uh, I had the parents and the kids sign a contract that they would read 30 minutes a day together. And um, now I spoke Spanish, so most of this communication was in Spanish. But um, by the end of the year, I had, you know, teachers don't get paid a lot, but there are rewards that are not quantifiable, you know? And I remember several parents coming to me in tears saying, Mr. McKenzie, you taught not only my daughter to read English, but you taught me to read English. We're reading together every day still. She's in tears. I'm trying not to be tears. Okay. And so that give and take, that creating that moment for them in an otherwise crazy, busy life, was huge for them. So we, we did it again and again, and uh, it shows uh, uh, success. Now, now, let me ask you this. Um, you said your uh, kids have thrived at, during the at-home learning. Well, now they're back in the UK, if I understand correctly. Uh, can you tell me how their process was going back? What you had to do to prepare them Uh, what you could do to support them when they came home and the transitioning back and forth, you know, lockdown, post-lockdown, back to lockdown, you know. Sure,
1: sure. Um, Well, first of all, before I answer that, congratulations on your huge success working with those families because I I was welling up then. That was lovely to hear about your success with that. So, yeah, in terms of them transitioning back to school, um, again, I'm going to sound like I'm making this up and I'm not because I I, people that know me know I'll be very honest about my failures. But honestly, they made that transition again, really, very smoothly back. Um, The the thing that was noticeable with my youngest child. So she's 10. She definitely about three days before they were due to go back, had a bit of an emotional wobble. And.
0: Well, I'm frankly, going to steal that phrase if I can.
1: A <laughs> bit of a wobble, yeah. Um, and frankly, who wouldn't? You know, I mean, if, if you if you think back to when our children are very very small and they're actually uh, starting um, in an early years setting for the first time, for example, you know that that first moment of. Going into that setting, you know, and the unfamiliarity of everything. I mean, let's face it, even if a child knows other children in their class because they spent some time with them, they'd had upheaval with having two different teachers during this time. Um, and inevitably, you know, even the most social child is going to, even before they start to get into a position to engage with the learning, they're going to have all of that uh, socio emotional stuff going on in the background, right? So that. That definitely was visibly uh, evident in her. And again, the remedy for that um, was very much, again, tactile. It was very, very much about me. I mean, um, I I have various uh, roles in my career portfolio. You know, I'm, I'm a very busy working mum. However, there are moments like that, right, where whatever is going on, you drop it. You drop it and you think in this moment this is irrecoverable right you know and this is where i always emphasize with family learning that parents and carers are their children's first and most important educator and this is a message that seems to have got lost for some reason in society and part of my mission and my campaign to get family learning <coughs> awareness out there and to make it available to as many families as possible is because I really want that message to get back into society and parents being proud of the fact that they have such a huge important role to play it's not about it's not about just handing it off to teachers and nor am I suggesting parents do that automatically but parents and teachers working together is always going to be the most powerful combination you know the research shows that so That was interesting in my daughter. Now, with my sons, um, because of the age they are, there's a requirement here for them to wear masks all day, every day.
0: Right.
1: On the school bus, in the corridors, in the classroom, during the exams, all of that. And my eldest uh, is in his what we call GCSE year here. So these are these are like the official exams, uh, like senior exams. Mm and. Of course, all of that has been thrown into turmoil. Uh, but you know what? You know what? Just, just in the way that with family learning, I've always encouraged the children to say, okay, right, you've got this piece of homework or, hey, there's this activity. Look at this activity we've got here. Right, so we've got these, you know, random boxes or, you know, we've got that paint over there. Right, let's just see where it goes. You know, You, you know, what would you like to do with it? You know, you lead us. And actually, as a, as a parent, being a passenger on that journey, and I suppose with the children transitioning back into school, it's been interesting seeing how that modelling of learning has almost played out in terms of how they have had a positive mindset about going back into school. Uh, my younger son, my 13 year old, he in particular, uh, really, really excelled. You said he took to it very well. Yeah, and and it just proves the point again, doesn't it, for all those families listening out there, that, you know, you can be the same parent, you can have the same approach to supporting your child's learning and development in the same home learning environment and those children can be affected very differently. So you've always got to be on your toes to adapt right. <laughs> and listen and tune in. Um, so, yeah, he was he was less keen. He was less keen, um, you know, to go back into that environment. But again, he's, he's just kind of, you know, rolled with it.
0: One of the things that I have found uh, in the time my kids have been home is my need to remain patient about small victories. You know, small moments uh, that come that you don't even see coming are, in some ways, more important than hoping and pushing for learning a big subject, studying, getting a great grade. You know, I I think it's more about what I tell my kids. I don't care about your grades. I care about how hard you worked. I hard. I I care how much you learned, if you work hard and if you learn, the grades will take care of themselves. And, you know, when school is all done, you'll look back on it and laugh. Oh, you know, I was, you know, amazing, you know, but uh, um, I think the remaining patient aspect, parents have had to relearn since their, their kids have been home they, because they do shuffle them off. You know, they shuffle them off to teachers, hope they come back finished, you know, like a finished product. And um, uh, they're realizing that a teacher should make more money. That's between you and me. <laughs> <make> more money. <laughs> and it's so easy, you know. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. And, and the, the patience thing, as I've mentioned earlier, you know, with that thing about, um, you know, just, just quietly sitting with your child just what what's that phrase they use loving touch right right so loving touch is one of the most powerful learning tools between a parent and a child okay to set the scene because what tends to happen as we know even even from the earliest children you know I mean where you've got an 18 month old or whatever that's you know messing around with crayons and scribbling and all the mark making and all of those uh skills that stem from that even with that I have seen it thousands of times you know and, I, and I've seen it in my own uh, family sometimes you know the table the child the child sits on the chair or the child is lifted onto the chair the the crayons and the paper are put out for the child okay and there's quite a high degree of this seems to be one one extreme or the other either a very high degree of direction or uh, right you get on with that while I do the dishes Yeah. And family learning is a beautiful bridge between that, because what it's saying is I as your parent in the way you've just described, Robert, with your children, I as your parent, am passionately committed to learning from you and the joy that you get from your learning and I can learn from you. Uh, but you have, even as a very, very small toddler, you have a lot of power to shape that journey.
0: I'll tell you a secret, a very short secret. Sure. So I, have, I have a 17-year-old boy who doesn't want to spend much time with either me or my wife. So uh, I usually come into his room and uh, um, there are two ways to do it. One is saying, say, how are you doing? How's it going? And make it very flippant. And that way he's not too thinking I'm judgy. But the thing that works is for me to come up behind him and put my hand on his shoulder. There you go. And just say, how's it going? And the responses between those two situations are so different. Like, you know, I get the teenage response with the first way, but the second I put my hand on his shoulder, it's going, oh, it's, oh, it's okay. You know, I'm I'm working at it and so you're right on it you're 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 hitting the nail on the head um as far as that goes
1: and it's lovely to hear because as we know I mean a 17 year old needs a parent as much as a two-year-old in many
0: ways right
1: small Um, children
0: small problems big children big problems
1: (laughs) <laughs> exactly well I'm I'm just enjoying the fact that during lockdown still that I, I know where my 16 year old is you know at least I know we, I go to his room and he's actually in there but with um just just coming back to this thing I mean I'm not for one minute expecting that you know I, I'm not suggesting that you know for all early learning ch- that children have that they constantly need to be you know touched on the arm or what have you yeah. however Used sparingly, as you said, particularly when we know that children have particular triggers or we, where we as parents can feel it in ourselves getting frustrated about, well, you know, w- w- like I'm busy and why can't you do that? And like, oh, oh well, so-and-so's child cannot, can do that already, you know, and all of those inner feelings that, you know, right. a lot of people are ashamed to actually admit that they have but are very natural instinctively for parents to have. All of that can just be diffused so easily. Now, family learning, of course, again, is very powerful in that regard because family learning classes have traditionally taken place in a school or community venue. OK. And as I say, some of those classes, you know, whether it's about early literacy or whether it's about, you know, playing skills, whether it's about parenting, you know, loads of those skills are possible to do online. One of the really cool things about um, family learning, whether it's online or if it's if it's um, in person, is that it's actually really distinguishing then between the contribution that a parent has right. to make to a child's experience of the world as opposed to the perception that the child has of the teacher. Because, of course, as we know, what happens, and it's fueled by the education systems. And, you know, as you know, I've been involved with a lot of education research over the years. Right. Um, what tends to happen is as soon as a child is exposed then to that dichotomy, between this is the setting and this is home of course we all need a break in the same way as us as adults we need some kind of line right between home and home and work which has been one of the challenges for the pan for the pandemic but where there is then an artificial divide where children see you know the parent well you're not my teacher you don't know what you're talking about. You can't help me with my homework because that's not how my teacher shows me. That's where it starts to get dangerous. So if from the earliest years, the child is growing up, seeing the parent being interested in what their child is learning and thinking, Oh, wow. Okay. Well, actually, my dad has got the confidence to reach out to my parent, my teacher, and ask the question, you know. And and again, um, that's really important to guide those expectations early in life because otherwise, the other thing that can start happening, which um, becomes an anti pattern later, is that children can then almost end up playing off the parents against the teachers because if they think, well, my parents don't know anything about that, all they do is come to the
0: parent conferences.
1: Right. And that's it. <laughs> Let me ask you this.
0: Let me ask you this. If okay, I'm new. Say I'm new to family learning. I'm very interested in getting started. Uh, more of an approach to it, a, a practical approach. What would you tell our parents? The top three or four tips to get started with this. What can they do?
1: Okay. So I've already mentioned the thing about really just blast open your expectations of what what is important for learning. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Secondly, um, well, the the first thing I would say right from babyhood around literacy and language development, particularly in terms of reading, I would say, is try to, um, you know, persevere. We all know children, if they love a book, they're going to want to hear it about 200 times. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would just say the research really does show that that pays off in terms of children's language and literacy development so even if you really don't think you can read we're going on a bear hunt for the 400th time in the last month <laughs> please please hang on in there because Sorry it is life, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it is going to be so so worth it um in terms of you know uh, the, all kinds of outcomes that you know you're likely statistically to see in your child later so that's the first thing now related to we're going on a bear hunt the second thing is and this wouldn't surprise you with me obviously being a musician as well is the power of singing and rhyme is immense
0: and well that that brings up a next question you're you're a musician you're a performing Mm -hmm. musician and you also teach music so go go ahead I just want people to know that and how that uh, affects you and what you do
1: Yeah, sure. Well, well, it's kind of twofold, really, because um, on the one hand, I could very easily be accused of, well, it's okay for you because you can sing. You like to sing. Yeah. Um, But. I grew up around a lot of singing. I grew up a lot around a lot of music. Many of my earliest childhood memories are being around music and my parents sharing music with me. Uh, and what, what that luckily gives me in terms of being able to uh, teach family learning, but also to be able to kind of promote it and spot great family learning where it exists, is that I guess I've got the confidence. I've got the confidence to lead those activities. And it is true, you know, obviously in terms of, A a tutor, an adult learning tutor or a family learning tutor that would tend to lead those classes, if they are confident to lead those songs and the rhymes, that's obviously going to make it much more easy for parents, particularly if they haven't had exposure to that. You know, say, for example, your parents didn't sing to you or they didn't use rhymes a lot. Um, that's going to make it a lot easier for people to get involved. Now, of course, the kids just go with it because the kids love the singing and the rhymes, right? And all the actions and <laughs> so the actions. Yeah. Um, so, but then on the other hand, what I also say, and I have seen it, Transform uh, communication again in the earliest years is where a parent is able to be supported through family learning to get past this blocker they've got in their mindset about well I can't sing or oh it's so embarrassing or oh my you know and, and just saying to doesn't them doesn't matter yeah yeah you, exactly your child does not care how good a singer you are no what what you what your child will experience is the endorphins that come from the fun of the experience that you share they're going to uh they're going to absolutely thrive with their communication scene your smile even if it's an embarrassed smile just the laughter with other parents you know as you're sharing singing uh, and the, of course hearing the parents voice which as we know I mean that's the most primal thing right in the womb you know the, he- hearing um the the parents voices so all of those things combined I think make Even saying rhymes, but especially singing an absolute magical ingredient, you know, forgetting very naturally arising family learning going on in the the home. Now, the third one I would say is, again, just be very, very open minded and, and, you know, wing it. I say wing it, you know, most of the time you don't you don't need to have extremely fancy high-tech equipment to create incredible learning experiences right so I always say I always say to parents one of the really good ways to get family learning going in the home learning environment is to say to your child you know you might be playing something like I spy and then when you've got the object actually say Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Right. Should should we have a look at this? You know, if the child's old enough, you might even ask them, go and fetch mummy. Go and fetch mummy that, please. Could you please? And again, you're modelling the language then by the way in which you're making the rest, you know, please, could you fetch that book for mummy and, um, you know, play around with the language? And then when they've brought the item to you, really have almost like a shared deep dive, exploring, inspecting the object. Okay, and of course, around the house, even if you live in a one-bedroom flat, you know there are infinite possibilities for deeply looking at something. You know, whether it's a, you know, piece of paper, and well, what can we do with this? What can we create with this? Or, you know, the the, the TV remote, or you know, all of that stuff, and really um, using discussion and jointly experiencing those props, for want of a better word, as an opportunity to model the language. Uh, grow the vocabulary so even with the TV remote for example you know it might be like wow aren't they brilliant buttons you know alliteration and look we've got red and green and blue and to us as adults it sounds ridiculous but of course for the child it will just be absolutely blowing their mind with the variety and the
0: richness of vocabulary. I always say never doubt the power of being wrong on purpose. I constantly make mistakes with my kids to provoke them to correct me and love to correct me. <laughs> That's daddy, great. Daddy, daddy, <laughs> oh my God. And then they, they're going, no, daddy, it means this, this is how it's going to you, you're wrong. Oh well, really, but, well, but this, let's think about this because if it's this and then it's this, then why isn't it this? Oh, daddy, daddy, give me a break. That's so awesome. That is brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, just pride is a bad thing in in (laughs) (laughs) teaching.
1: Well, actually, with you saying that, you've tapped into something really important there as well, because that, you know, that's fantastic that, you know, you are able to do that. And that's great. Mm -hmm. And what I would say is family learning, again, is very unique in the value it can bring to families because one of the other things that it does by nature of the fact that it's mainly focused on uh yes it's shared learning it's intergenerational learning but traditionally a big part of that model has been around bridging that home school communication or home nursery communication kindergarten uh, education as i've referred to but we can't escape the fact that many many of us Myself included, actually. I mean, I was I was terribly bullied for years at school. It went on for years and years and years. And luckily, I came out the other side of it and I was resilient. But I was with a lot of children at school that weren't. And even now we're in our 40s. I can see in their ways that they talk about school and how they experience school, that has had a profound lifelong effect, both on their parenting, but also on their confidence to intervene when they feel that their child is struggling with something. So family learning is a great way to create that safe space where the parent is respected both by the child and also by the teacher as being a key player in that dynamic and and being uh, having a right to have their voice heard
0: right this co-learning system almost it just sounds fascinating and something that I think we need to talk about more Susanna I'm so happy to have spoken with you and to introduce you to our audience Um, our audience should know that you also do family coaching as well and related yeah. to family learning. Um, and I, I know that our community will be interested to learn more about you and your continuing work. You'll find links to her uh, important sites uh, below this video. And if you like this video, don't forget to like and subscribe to future blog talks and check out our Facebook and Instagram pages for more information about speech blogs and reading blogs. Uh, and if you haven't already, download SpeechBlubs app to help your little one speak. Thank you so much, Susanna.
1: Thank you, Robert. <laughs> it's been awesome. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe for more content like this. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at SpeechBlubs. Visit our website, SpeechBlubs.com, for more information on speech development created by experts. Last but not least, download the SpeechBlubs app to explore how you can improve your child's speech with us.